Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Welcome along to the Kent Online Podcast. Thanks ever so much for listening. It's Thursday, January the 14th. We will, of course, be talking about coronavirus. But first today, it's actually the flooding that's affected parts of the county that is our top story. Now, it hasn't really stopped raining for more than 24 hours, and that led to flood alerts and warnings being put in place on some rivers. Last night, the Environment Agency said there was a real danger to homes on the Isle of Sheppey and in Whitstable and Herne Bay. There are also alerts in place for the River Stour, Belt, Bourne, Eden and Darrant. But one of the worst affected places is the Fenbell Inn pub in Who, which is not only a pub, but also a zoo. Connor Gordon is the head keeper there. He's been speaking to Phil from our colleagues at KMTV. I was actually woken up to a phone call at about half past three this morning. Um, luckily, I do only live a short distance away, so I was able to you know, get up here as quickly and safely as I could to come and help with the situation. Um, Andrew, the owner's mum, she lives upstairs. Um, she was alerted by the flooding on the road outside um, and obviously she contacted Andrew for him to come over. Um, to start tackling the issue. We've had the fire department out. Um, they've been dealing with everything. They were here for four hours until they just couldn't do anything more to help us. Um, they were absolutely fantastic, but unfortunately the, with the level of rain that we've had and are still currently getting, um, there was just nothing more that we could do. Um, hence the reason we're under sort of a foot and a half of water inside. We've been very lucky, the zoo has got off lightly, um, you know, there's a little bit of surface water here and there, but the animals are all dry and warm, um, they're doing really well, but um, unfortunately the focus has been on this end and it has been very devastating, um, we've lost stock, we've lost furniture, um, you know, we're going to have to redecorate the entire building for whenever we can reopen one day, if we ever get to that point, um, you know, where we go from here, who knows, it's uh, very difficult to say. I suppose in terms of um, the preparation for this, you used all of your sandbags up last week. Was there a part of you kind of thinking, well, we've used them all up now. If it happens again, we're stuck. Yeah, so we were very lucky. A company actually donated us um, quite a few sandbags after we flooded last year. Um, So we used them all when we nearly flooded last week. Um, Literally less than a week ago, we had the same issue, but nowhere near as severe. Um, So we used all of our flood flood defences, sandbags, you name it, um, all materials that have had to be obviously removed and replaced. Um, Literally we're waiting on our orders as we speak. Um, Everything's obviously held up at the moment with the current situation surrounding COVID-19. It's all due to us this week. Unfortunately it's going to be a few days too late. Um, So hopefully we'll have it here for the next time this occurs because I'm sure it will. you know, and it's just a case of being as prepared as we can. I mean, we've got pumps going all across the site, keeping the water out. Um, unfortunately, sometimes you just can't keep up with it. I suppose this is also the worst possible time, particularly for a business such as yours, when you've got the pandemic as well. And, you know, you haven't got the customers coming in to kind of support you from beneath. So in terms of finances, can we even begin to look at how damaging that this could be? I mean, I guess trying to look on the brighter side, it's a bit of both, really. Um, Obviously, we are shut at the moment and we do not have any money coming in other than from our crowdfunding, um, which is absolutely fantastic. But that is also a benefit to us. We don't have to worry about having the people coming in here and having the facilities to provide at the moment because they just simply wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be able to cope with people on site right now. Um, So it's great that they're not here, but it is very damaging to the business. The last 12 months have been absolutely awful. We have done really, really well with the support that we've received. But once again, we're thrown into, you know, everyone's calling it lockdown three. Um, But 
prefer the way some of the restrictions have been put in place on businesses like ours. We never really left in the first place, so it's really been 12 months of hell. Um, and it's all just going to continue. So hopefully this next lockdown is what will solve it all and we can get back to some normality and start solving these issues properly and get back to work and supporting everybody else as much as they've supported us. But until such a time, we're, we're just stuck. Andy Cowell is the owner of the pub. He's also been chatting to Phil for us. We've had uh, flooded here for for many years uh, and always been able to manage to deal with it. Um, But we knew this year would be a bad year. Uh, The weather is getting wetter and wetter and wetter every year. Um, And we have, you know, tried to uh, deal and and, and get people to sort the ditches out and bits and pieces here. Um, And and we actually wrote to the council um, uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, and have had contact with them over it. Uh, We knew it was coming. Uh, it started about one o'clock last night, um, and uh, by about four o'clock, we had phoned the fire brigade to ask for assistance, uh, and they were very kindly come out and helped us, but gave up about seven o'clock as they were pumping. There's nowhere to pump water to now. Uh, it's coming through the door, it's still coming up, uh, and it has wrecked everything. Uh, it's just ruined everything we've got. Um, obviously, how comparable was the flooding last week to what we had today? Uh, the flooding last week was manageable. We nearly lost the carpets last week, but we managed to keep it pumped out. However, what we suffer from now is because we was really damp and wet and the ground was so sodden, it hasn't taken much more rain to push us over to where we are now. So this is accumulation uh, of not being able to get rid of the water. Uh, I knew it was coming. Uh, I hate our I hate to say it, but we, we knew it was coming. Uh, I didn't know it would be this bad. Uh, it is worse. In fact, it's devastating. Um, uh, and uh, it will only get worse now. Uh, if we get more rain, we will get flooded deeper. Uh, and this is going to be an ongoing thing now through the rest of the winter for us uh, in lockdown. Well, you can see drone footage and pictures of the flooding at kentonline.co.uk. There actually aren't any weather warnings in place for Kent at the moment, strangely. It is going to be chilly tomorrow with a chance of some sunshine, which would be nice, but then turning windy over the weekend and a chance of snow on Saturday before turning brighter on Sunday. Kent Online News. On to COVID news now then, and sadly, hospitals have reported the highest daily number of deaths in the county since the start of the pandemic. 95 people passed away yesterday, bringing the total for this week to 219. There have been almost 113,000 confirmed cases of coronavirus in the county so far. The total number of people to die in Kent within 28 days of testing positive for COVID is now 3,205. And of course, our thoughts go out to all of those who've been affected. As the vaccination programme continues, we now know that more than 411,000 doses have been administered here in the southeast. That is the third highest rate behind the Midlands and the northeastern Yorkshire. However, it's still not clear how many have been given out specifically in Kent yet. Those figures are due to be released by the government next week. We've learnt today of an outbreak of coronavirus at an army barracks in Medway. 51 people at Brompton Barracks have tested positive. Many of them had just returned after spending Christmas with their families. Now, a Kent Academy head says nursery schools and their staff have been overlooked throughout the pandemic. Despite schools closing for lockdown three just after the start of the new term, preschool provisions have been told to stay open. There are also concerns they could now miss out on vital funding 
funding if parents decide to keep their children away next week. To explain why that's the case, we've been speaking to David Whitehead, who's the chief exec of the Potential in Everyone Academy Trust based in Sittingbourne. We've got a headcount due from the 18th of January. And, and for that to be done successfully, we need children on site because that then determines the funding we get for the next year. So at the moment, we're being encouraged um, by the local authority to uh, have all our children in nursery from the 18th for this headcount. But on the other hand, we are then sending out messages to parents on mass to say, you know, please only send your children in if you if you really have to. So I'm sure this is an issue that will be discussed with the local authority over the uh, coming few days to determine how we can do this practically. And also, you know, if parents are making um, key decisions based on health and safety not to send their children in, then obviously, you know, the, the settings shouldn't be punished, therefore, for not having the children on site in, in the form of not having the funding for that child uh, for the following year. So it is an issue we, we, we will need to discuss further uh, with local authority, and I'm sure we will come to a, a suitable um, solution. But, you know, I think overall, nurses have been really overlooked. And again, the rhetoric is still that nurses are safe. Um, and it's always around the fact that, you know, the sh children are, are, are not as affected by the virus, but it always seems to overlook the adults that are working in this provision. And of course, with nurseries, more so than perhaps primary schools and secondary schools, there are more adults on site because the ratios are far greater between adults and, and, and the children. So we tend to have more adults mixing in a nursery provision than we do in, in a primary or secondary. And, you know, nursery children don't sit at desks at two metres apart. They, they work in groups together. So trying to main dis maintain distances between children at nursery level is really difficult. Well, on that topic, the County Council have also written to the government urging them to change the way funding is awarded. And finally, on COVID today, a Kent homeless charity is calling for the government to extend a ban, which means landlords can't evict tenants if they're struggling to pay rent during the pandemic. Porchlight fears there could be a spike in homelessness once the crisis eases, if people have lost their jobs or are suffering mental health problems. We've been chatting to Chris Thomas, who's from the charity. Obviously, a lot of people uh, have lost their jobs or have seen a dip in income because of the pandemic. To prevent people from being kicked out of their homes, the, the government introduced an eviction ban. Uh, so renters were protected. It, it started, it stopped again, which was uh, not good, but it's currently back in place um, for a while. So that means that if, if people are served an eviction notice by their landlord, um, they won't they won't have to leave. Unfortunately, you know, this eviction ban is set to end. And what we want is we want to see some legal protections put in place uh, that mean that landlords have to negotiate payment plans with tenants who need time to get back on their feet. Because if this isn't done, as I say, a lot of people could end up homeless as a result. And you mentioned your fears of a, another wave of, of homelessness. Is this another contributing factor that when that does end, for example, if it's not extended even further, that could contribute to this new wave that you, you're concerned about. Yeah, well, we know a lot of people have been uh, given eviction notices, although they currently don't have to leave because of the ban. But unless something's done, they could end up on the streets. Uh, and we hear from a lot of other people who are getting by at the moment, but only just they're struggling to put food on the table to cover rent and pay bills. So they're in a really precarious position. 
And then there's another section of people who are really struggling with their mental health because of everything that's happened. And we know that poor mental health does play a part in people becoming homeless. So there's a lot of things going on that need to be addressed. What do you think needs to be done now in order to prevent that and mitigate that? So we need the government to act. We need them to uh, make sure that no one is going to be evicted because of the pandemic. Uh, We also need them to ensure that we have a welfare system that protects people for the long term so that they're getting enough money to get by and they aren't worried about becoming homeless. And finally, we need uh, investment in properly affordable housing, uh, homes that people really can afford to live in, because as I said, a lot of people are struggling and this is an issue that will come up. Kent Online reports. Some more of our top stories for you now. And a man accused of murdering two young women from Tunbridge Wells more than 30 years ago has been unable to enter pleas due to technical difficulties. The bodies of Wendy Nell and Caroline Pierce, who were both in their 20s, were discovered in 1987. 66-year-old David Fuller from Heathfield in East Sussex was expected to appear at Maidstone Crown Court via a video link earlier but it had trouble connecting to Lewis Prison. The hearing's been adjourned until next week. A Kent mum is trying to raise £100,000 to fund an appeal after a High Court judge ruled doctors could stop providing life support treatment to her brain-damaged daughter. Five-year-old Pippa Knight from Strood is in a vegetative state at a hospital in London. Her mum Paula's started a GoFundMe page to pay for legal fees so she can challenge the decision. More than 400 fines have been issued so far to lorry drivers who failed to get a valid Kent access permit. You might remember that hauliers need this now before they can cross the channel. It was part of the new rules brought in on January the 1st after the end of the Brexit transition period. Meantime, truckers have been left queuing for hours at a new Brexit lorry park in Ashford as they wait for border paperwork to be cleared. Transport bosses say the photo showing a long line of hauliers at the Waterbrook Park facility near the M20 proves the government isn't fully prepared for disruption in Kent. The site's been getting busier since it opened on New Year's Day. And there are calls for a Kent military facility which is housing hundreds of asylum seekers to be closed down. Many people living at Napier Barracks in Folkestone have gone on hunger strike and are sleeping outside in protest at conditions there. The area's MP, Damien Collins, has written to the Home Office asking for all asylum claims to be processed as soon as possible so the site can be shut. Kent Online reports. Now, this doesn't happen very often, but we've actually got a fair bit of animal news to update you on today. First up, a red squirrel that's been used as part of a breeding programme to try and save the species is retiring to Kent after fathering, would you believe, 12 kits. Radish is said to have played a crucial role in helping the fight against the red squirrel population decline. He's now heading to Wildwood near Herne Bay from their sister park in Devon. A rare bat has been spotted in Kent for the first time in more than 100 years. The greater horseshoe bat has been found roosting in Dover Castle following a 15-month search. And three lion cubs have been born at a Kent animal park. The first arrived to Lioness Udrika at Port Limnair Hythe yesterday morning and the other two followed soon afterwards. You can see incredibly cute pictures and video at kentonline.co.uk. And finally today, a Seven Oaks couple have stolen the nation's hearts after appearing on last night's episode 
of grand designs. Georgie and Greg have both suffered health problems at various points in their lives. They've now built their dream home for a budget of £250,000, with viewers describing them on social media as an inspiration. That's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to the IM News app, which will give you access to all of KM Group's newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.